Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with my partner, Katie Vernoy. And today we have a special guest. We are with Carmen Roman. She is the host of Emotions in Harmony podcast. And she actually has a very unique practice. She is licensed not only in a couple of different locations, but across international borders. Welcome to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, Carmen. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Tell us about your podcast and, and your clinical practice. I'd love to hear what you're doing and what your big vision is. My podcast is bilingual. That's different right there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, I publish one episode in Spanish and one episode in English. I am aiming for um, bilingual listeners, but mm-hmm. uh, actually it, it's not happening really that much. I have monolingual English and monolingual Spanish and they keep fighting with me. <laughs> to have more content. <laughs> they say, we want more Spanish or more English. So for some reason, it's, uh, most of them are monolingual. And the big picture that I want is that I, I think therapy is a luxury sometimes and a privilege mm-hmm. because it can mm-hmm. be, especially in the Silicon Valley, it can be very expensive. And not everybody can afford either pay a session or to have the time to go. My big goal is to bring psychology to everybody, especially in, in California. California, there are rural areas that there are not Spanish speakers at all. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. they will have they will have access to some information that helps them to do better in their family, in their life, while they can afford therapy. It's not a substitution, but my, my goal is to help. Yeah. That's so great. I love that. One of the things that Katie and I talk about a lot is what do we stand for with our podcast? And as we further develop those ideas, one of the things that's really come out for us is that therapy really has become a luxury, as you bring up, not only for those who can afford it, but also for those who can afford to be trained to do therapy. And it's really refreshing whenever we run into people with the same principles as us as far as bringing those aspects out to a broader community and especially to those who are underserved. Yes, actually, I also have a face. I don't know how you call it. If a podcast is a podcaster, how you call a Facebook live? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. My my husband say Facebook Live Bear, yeah, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so um, I have a Facebook Live based um, show or uh, podcast, let's say that way. 
Mm-hmm. And it's video. And it, that has reached more population because some people are way more familiar with Facebook than the podcast in iTunes. Yeah, that makes sense. So it really helped me to go to many different areas and different families. And I, I truly believe that psychology can make better life for people. I truly believe in psychology. I have dedicated my life to it. So I try to bring every tool possible for them to do better. You have a practice in California as well as in Mexico. How how do you straddle two locations, two languages? How do you do the, the clinical practice part? It's easy because I have been already 15 years in private practice in Mexico. By the time I left Mexico and came to do the PhD, my practice there was well established. I was already, I had a clinic. I, I Actually, I was holding a group practice where 10 to 7 psychologists sometimes I will have. And we were doing continuing education courses and I was teaching in the university and I was traveling to different parts of the country to do, to be, do classes in psychology. So when I came, uh, some of the clients stay with me and we did online therapy. We have been done online therapy. Some of them already, of course, finish their sessions and new camps and whatever. So I do online. And once a year, I go to provide a, an intensive, a week-long intensive workshop to priests. So this is how I keep alive my, my practice there. That's so, so great because I'm assuming that that practice is really serving the population there. It's actually serving me more than them. <laughs> <laughs> they have, of course, they have many options and they, they literally could disappear and they don't miss. But, mm-hmm. but it's helping me to keep my, my perspective of Latino fresh. Mm. And it's helping my clients here because I, I am current in what is going on in Mexico and the language. Because actually when I started learning English, I started learning English 10 years ago. I had trouble with my Spanish especially the Spanish, more academic-oriented. So mm-hmm. it keeps my Spanish alive. How does your clientele and history inform your theoretical orientation and how you practice? My clientele, definitely, I am very grateful to have the both countries clientele because one informs the another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one informs me to work with another. I have a very wide range of clientele. I have the people who have limited education opportunities. They may not have even elementary school or kindergarten. Uh And I have clients who have two PhD and speak three languages. And I have people who speak Spanish as a primary language, people who speak um, Portuguese as a primary language, but they want, there is no Portuguese therapy, so they come to therapy in Spanish. And I have people who speak indigenous languages whose second language is Spanish. So they come to therapy in Spanish or I have families or immigrants who are English speakers, but they were trained or they were, their maternal language is Spanish when they were young. So they want to take the therapy in Spanish and go back and forth between English and Spanish. Uh So I have a very wide range of, of clientele. You certainly do. Thryzer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thryzer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thryzer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thryzer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thryzer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thryzer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. 
They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. It seems like you've got a very diverse clientele and there's a lot of cultural implications to how you you have to work with them. I, I know that we have to kind of be aware of the culture of each of our clients, but it seems like there's a lot of different nuance to the clients you're working with. How do you how do you address that? How do you stay aware of that? And um, how does it impact your work? Let me tell you something beautiful about my training in Mexico. I had the bachelor degree in Mexico in psychology. It will be similar to uh, MFT training here. It was five years of intense training for six days a week, six hours. Oh, wow. It, well, that was live classes, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then for the last year, we need to do the we need to do the hours and then we need to do more hours and all of this similar mm-hmm. to here. Out of these five years, I got two years of training in social psychology and I got philosophy, one year of philosophy, one year of anthropology. Mm-hmm. And, and that really informed, at least informed me or at least helped me to be aware when I am not informed. Having philosophy in the training of psychology was beautiful, like reading Marx, Engels, Nietzsche, or reading Taylor de Chardin or things like that. It was philosophers like that. It really helped me to take psychology out of only the psychology field. So now when I work with clients, it helps me to see or to ask questions that pertains to their entire life or to hold conversations that sometimes are mainly philosophical. So that is, that is, it helps me to be aware when I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's so important, that, knowing when you don't gift. know. Yes. And to keep asking questions and to make less assumptions because I am very opinionated and I have strong opinions. So I need to be very, very aware of when my client is saying something I don't understand or when my client is saying um, enchiladas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and doesn't, even in the Mexico, enchiladas doesn't mean the same thing. If they say enchiladas, it's, there is at least 10 different moles. Enchiladas. <laughs> so this is, this is just a metaphor for how I need to keep asking sometimes. About so it's bathroom. really not assuming and really asking the questions that go beyond psychology, even into the philosophies that they hold and anthropology. I'm really interested in the anthropology. How how does that inform and how, the questions you ask or, or the, the way that you approach a case? It was just going to the very core of asking or, or questioning who we are as human beings and take into account the history mm-hmm. of the person. For example, if my client is from El Salvador, I want to know how was their place when they were born? What was happening around that place. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I ask them what they think about their country and how they come up. It's impor- interesting for me how they come up with philosophy or anthropology about their country. So mainly it helps me to be to take history more seriously without being psychoanalytic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting, yeah? Because mm-hmm. one thing is psychoanalysis and another the human being history. You were recently unplugged and not on purpose. How did that impact the way that you see your work and your life? And maybe even share with us how you ended up without being able to be 
plugged into the world. It was traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it was a trauma experience because I am a spoiled Silicon Valley girl now. <laughs> and I, I grew up in Mexico. I grew up without internet, without even cell phone, without anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I grew up totally unplugged. But then coming to Silicon Valley and where everything is perfect and you have internet all the time, mm -hmm. even in the top of the mountain, like all of these things. And going to Mexico, I was not in a small town. I was almost in a, in a town near to the city, a, a tourist town. But what happened is that our internet didn't work and you cannot fight with a huge monopoly system there. So you just take it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first two, three days I was frustrated because I needed to publish the podcast on time mm -hmm. or I wanted to publish. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then the Facebook live for some magic reason, I could go through the Facebook live mm -hmm. that week, but I couldn't check what people was commenting. It was totally frustrating. And then after two days, it was like, okay, I grew up without internet. I grew up without cell phone. Nothing is going to happen. People mm -hmm. can survive. I can do it. Was a lot of working on myself and then it was family I had family vacation so I close everything disconnect everything and enjoy the vacation with the family after that that's so wonderful I know when I unplug there's that initial almost like withdrawal that happens yeah. like I need to know what's going on I need to have all the information <laughs> at, and, at one time and then there's a real freedom that comes with that was there anything that came up for you when you felt you know when you finally kind of embraced the being unplugged most of my life I live 75% plug really mm -hmm. I don't live my entire life plug I enjoy that freedom as you mentioned mm -hmm. so actually when I go to Mexico and do this intensive workshop in the house there is no internet and nobody is allowed to have internet connection I do the same out of respect for the participants also and it really is beautiful it's like being mindful and focused and going for a walk without in your phone nothing else than music or something camera and music is the phone <laughs> that mm -hmm. week, yeah. It's really beautiful experience. What happened this time is that I got unplugged the week before, which the week before <laughs> I wanted you not know, to take care of everything and blah, blah, blah. 70% mm -hmm. of my life is connected and blah, blah, blah. And 25 or really my phone is very far away in the night and the computer is very far away. I really try to disconnect and hide from society. <laughs> That's my way of hope. What are some of the unique challenges that come up in your practice versus somebody who might be in a more traditional type setting with one practice in one city? First of all, the bilingual part. There are part, there are aspects that come with the bilingual. We need to, for example, sometimes being uh, taking consideration the translation, everything will take so much time sometimes because we want to be sure people understand what we are saying. There are families that children don't speak the language and vice versa. So I am the bridge between them. That kind of challenge translate also into my two locations. There are challenges that require, just require a lot of patience and a lot of uh, tolerance for fr frustration. I just need to let it go sometimes. It's just, mm -hmm. we do the best we can. This is, and, and I am very precise about my work and I want to do the best and I want, you know, to provide, but sometimes we just need to let it go. And that my Latino background helped me because in, in, in Mexico, I grew up in a more relaxed way mm -hmm. and a more relaxed approach. So I am living it. I don't see it as a problem or as a challenge. Yeah. But, but when I see other people, how relaxed they are, it's like, Oh, I wish I could be there. <laughs> I could be that. Yeah. You bring up the, the translation aspect and a little bit earlier, you were talking about the entry 
enchilada as, as an example of this. And what it brought up for me is Freud talking about sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, but you're talking about sometimes an enchilada is not just an enchilada. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an enchilada is not just an enchilada, yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting kind of talking about you, you as the bridge, because I think oftentimes, especially in relational therapy, most therapists can be a bridge in a certain way, but there's times when you truly are the conduit of information. How does that impact the clients that you work with? I think it gives them hope that it can be many different ways to communicate. And mm-hmm. it gives them validation that they are already communicating in ways that are nonverbal. Because sometimes they just assume I we don't talk. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. talk with my teenager. We don't talk. And then I help them to value other kinds of communication. And it, it happens that they actually understand more, more than they think. And I bring into therapy a lot of art, games, metaphors, and something that helps them storytelling or something that helps them to ease the stress of two languages. And when they are young people that they can, I can pull and stress the importance of Spanish, for example, because the parents only speak Spanish. I go for that. I put mm-hmm. a lot of stress in the children that out of the respect, they need to speak Spanish to their parents. And, and they do. Most of mm-hmm. the time they do. Most of the time they actually know more than they think. So it's a, it has been very a unique part of my practice that I didn't have when I was in Mexico. Of course. Mm-hmm. When I was in Mexico, only giving therapy in Spanish, I will never consider being humble or it's not out of willingness. It's out of, out of ignorance that I didn't consider being humble for a person who was indigenous yeah mm. and I never have an indigenous in my practice in Mexico because their psychology was not as well received many years ago in Mexico yeah mm-hmm. so when I come here and I have my indigenous client trying to communicate in Spanish and trying to say even even the way they behave with children I feel a lot of respect mm-hmm. because it's like I I am not only average I am just some kind of hope that they don't have otherwise sometimes. Sometimes it's getting into the line of case management. And I try to be very aware of that and very careful with that. But sometimes I need to pull a little bit. Or for yeah. example, one of my clients will say, I have a car, a car appointment next week. So my mind is like, okay, we are going to work on how stressed she is about the court appointment, yeah? <laughs> and the judge and the translators and everything. Mm-hmm. And and then I stop and I ask that time, I ask her and I say, wow, okay, what do you need? And she say, and she give me her phone and she say, can you help me to use the map? Because I don't mm. know how to get there. How to get there. And like, okay. So we spent like 15 minutes me teaching her how to use the map. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Open the map and open the, the directions and, and blah. Blah, blah, blah. So that's one part. And then I have, let's put it that way in the metaphor of the language in another uh, mm-hmm. situation. I have a client who has two PhDs in physics and mathematics, mm-hmm. for example. When we talk about sadness, he is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. So there's no language around emotions no language. there, huh? <laughs> no. And and it's like when actually we're talking about his sadness and he's silent. I know he understood, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's silent, and I say, "Can you tell me what are you thinking?" And he say, "Can you describe sadness, sadness for me?" Oh, and it wow. was totally in Spanish. We, mm-hmm. we both were. It was very interesting. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. 
Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. A lot of people don't go into case management. They worry that that creates a dual relationship. But I actually think that oftentimes that can be extremely important. And if someone has a basic need that needs to be taken care of, you can't, you know, if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you can't take care of enlightenment if somebody doesn't know how to get to the courthouse because they can't use their map. I think that's really critical that we do that. How do you how do you make sure that you're feeling like that work sits well within the, the broader clinical work that you're doing? I am more interested in my client having this feeling of succeed or empowerment. Yeah. yeah. And that empowerment comes from Pablo Freire from Brazil. Doesn't I, I want to be very nice about the American psychology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we really lack in the American psychology, we lack a lot of training in social justice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because for some reason in the American way, I already have a PhD there. I, I went through the entire process here. I don't want to criticize my own training. Yeah, mm. But definitely we need to be able to rescue the dignity of the person. Mm-hmm. And for me, rescuing their dignity is to sit with them and we spend together time looking and picking at the map and opening the app and blah, uh-huh. blah, blah, until she is happy that she's able to do it herself. Mm-hmm. And that for me is a session of empowerment. And that yes. for me is very clinical therapy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That for me is not case management because case management probably will be for me going with her to the court or something like that. So no, it's rescuing her sense of self-worth and self-efficacy when they actually come and say, I got there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, and, and then I, I did the map and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's that kind of empowerment that I'm looking for. That's beautiful. I love that. You bring up some of the things that you notice about the American system of providing therapy. What are some of the other things from a little bit more of an outsider's view that you see we can do better? I think, and I am going back to your episode on the, that you did on the modern life, the first episode probably. I am going to go back to that idea because I think we really can do better showing who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the American therapist. I will not want to say American probably is the psychology, the, the psychoanalytic aspect of our Mm -hmm. traditional psychology. I don't know, but that kind of sense of hiding who we are doesn't go with me, especially because when I was in Mexico, people people know who you are because people talk. And you find people in the supermarket and you say hello and you chit-chat and kind of get to meet the family that way or that is what we make therapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was telling in another interview in the podcast for Laura Reagan that my shamanic training help me to be humble and to be more connected and sometimes to be respectful of, of my profession but, but not to be so blind about my profession. So if I have this relationship with my client, if my client is coming and telling me, so where are you going on vacation? And I say, you know, I'm going to Mexico for two weeks and what you are going to do there? <laughs> and I say, I am going to have a lot of fun and eat a lot of food. And, and they, that's it. They don't need anything else. But yeah. if I get all tied and say, oh, sorry, I cannot talk about my private life. Mm-hmm. You know what? I am shooting a door yeah. and mm-hmm. they are not going to be with me anymore. Sometimes I really get a question like, what What do you have for breakfast today, doctor? <laughs> <laughs> and I say, oh, I have, you know, fried eggs or whatever. Oh, it's mm-hmm. because I have that and that and that. And then they go on their life. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they really don't care about me that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
but they want to be that kind of relationship. You bring up a couple of very great things. Anytime that you can reference one of our previous podcasts in a great way, you're always going to earn brownie points with us. So thank you for that. <laughs> <Thank> you. <Yeah. laughs> Gold star for you. <laughs> yes, you, you win. We're going to pull that out and we're just going to plaster that across all of our future advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Actually, it was really fun, that episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you really did hit on really what our overarching theme is, which is really bring yourself out and to really embrace the personal aspects that each of us does bring to our practices, that you can do that not just in one country, but in two very different cultures. Uh, Mm -hmm. We really, really appreciate that you're staying strong with our message as well. (laughs) I have a little bit of story, probably one minute story for you. I was in in a big store. I was going with my shopping cart around and it was one guy and a two-year-old and I don't know them. I never see them yet. Mm-hmm. And and they were following me and they were, I was again and again and I find them again and again. And the two-year-old was really happy and the guy was really happy to see me and I was like, okay. So finally they approached me and the guy say, are you Dr. Carmen? Yes. <laughs> no, I really want to say thank you. Thank you because you are my wife's therapist. Oh, yeah. wow. And it was like, it has, it has been really great that you work with her and blah, 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 blah. And the two-year-old was like almost hugging me. And it was, I don't know him. Yeah. And it was so nice. I stay and chit chat with them. And I actually hugged the two year old. And the mom was not there. The mom came later. The mom was somewhere in the market and mm-hmm. then came later and say hello. And I stay and chit chat. And for me, that's more valuable than not living in my community and not being a therapist or being a therapist who doesn't want to mingle with clients. I don't want to go and have fun with them. I don't want to be friends with them at all. But mm-hmm. I don't want to also be so concerned about this little thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. That's Mm -hmm. such a great story. Well, thank you, Carmen. Carmen Roman is our guest today and you can find her podcast, Emotions in Harmony. It's bilingual in both English and Spanish. Carmen, how else can people find you and your services? I am in the um, harmoniaemocional.com. Harmonia Emocional is the website for my practice. And I am in Facebook Mm -hmm. Live. I have Facebook Live videos at D-R-A, like Doctora, D-R-A, Carmen Roman. We'll have all of those uh, links in our show notes so that you can find Carmen and her amazing bilingual services that she's providing to so many amazing people. Thank Thank you, you. Carmen. And please like our Facebook page, like us on our social media. And if you would do us the great favor of leaving us a review on iTunes, we would really appreciate that. Please subscribe and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code modern gets you two free months.